0: This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC on ESPN Plus 30, Figure 8 vs. Benavides 2, recap commentary with broadcast breakdown, talk fighter stocks with GSP, discuss the news this week in the UFC, talk to our guest this week, pro poker player Terrence Ischens. hit you with our weekly segments, Isn't He Awesome, and weekly callouts. and last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN 14, Whitaker vs. Hill. Here we go.
1: All right, here we go. It is Tuesday, July 21st. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. It is episode number 18, I believe, and um, got a full episode today. We got a broadcast breakdown. We got some news. We have an interview with our longtime friend, short-time listener, uh, Terrence Eichen's coming up for you. But we'll start with our recap of UFC on ESPN Plus here. And a uh, we got a new champion in the flyweight division.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a good fight too. Decent card, uh, good main event, um, and yeah, I had a I had a good time watching it. What'd you think?
1: Well, I was gonna. I've been kind of uh, kind of going back and forth in this. Are we ready to be? Are we ready to be a Davison Figueredo podcast? Yeah, I'm. Ready. I think I'm all in on him. I really think I'm all in on him. He is a perfect bad guy, a perfect villain. Like a yeah. mini, a mini James Bond villain or something. Yeah, he looks the part. He, you know, it's, I
0: like how he kind of. I like how he doesn't even speak English as well, just because I don't. I think it adds to his, uh, adds to his mystique a little bit as like the the villain of the of the flyweight. So I think uh, they can build him up. That might be a fight Triple C comes back for. I don't know if he ever wants to make flyweight and make one twenty five again, but if he does, I think uh, Figueredo could be somebody they can really build upon um but yeah we'll see yeah I think so
1: too I mean talk about going from uh, uh, a division on its deathbed to an actual exciting division and they did they did build it up as Figueredo being the bad guy they did that the first time around too and especially when he didn't make weight um they translate some of his trash talk like I don't we, we don't even know what he really says they translate his trash talk like they they were dead set on making him the bad guy as far as Joe Benavidez being the good guy he's kind of a uh well he's got he's married to megan olevy who's the sideline i guess you call her a sideline reporter but um he's been around forever he's one of the guys that everyone likes and honestly he's been a super tough flyweight he's only got seven losses now and you're talking about guys like demetrius johnson he's got wins over guys like did he He beat did he does he have a win over uh he has a win over demetrius johnson doesn't he and a win over cejudo uh-huh. and uh
0: Benavides, benavidez i don't i don't think he does i don't think he beat demetrius johnson unless he
1: did at 135 but i think hasn't he, he's always fought at fly. i don't know but anyways he's fought a ton of tough guys he's only got six now seven losses and that's important for i feel like that's an important thing to say because if that was your first fight seeing him holy shit he got i've never never in my life watching a fight and i i want to say never in my life not even some of the worst beatdowns ever have I had the feeling that somebody could actually kill their opponent, murder their opponent inside the octagon? And I felt like figure eight would do it. I'm not, I mean, a fight's a, a fight's a fight, they're inside the octagon, but the way he was just contorting Benavidez's body, the way he was, every punch he landed dropped him. After the second time he dropped him, I was like, holy cow, this could be over right now and it'd probably be a good thing. But the finish was absolutely, that was full-blown brutality.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. I mean, I couldn't tell if if Benavides just has the worst chin in the UFC now, or if he would just has so much power. I couldn't tell which one it was because literally every single punch dropped him. The first one, it, it might have just been one of those punches that. He kind of got hit in the side of the head right above the ear the first time he dropped him. And I thought maybe it could have just been one of those punches that throws off your equilibrium, and then he might have just had trouble recovering after that. But, I mean, it didn't even look like it hit, he hit him that hard that first one. It just kind of glanced off the top. So I was surprised that he went down, and then after that he just kept going down. And, yeah, it was a brutal finish. Um, definitely a just-bleed fight. You know, yeah, you can't really beat that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the
1: flyweight division now. That's, that's a statement win. Yeah, big time. That was an absolute. That was an absolute mauling. Um, I wanted to point out too that uh, we'll get to Bisping in our broadcast breakdown in a minute. We've dealt with him for what a week now. As our, as our, uh, he's been on the desk for every call. He's been terrible. He wasn't much better in this one. But he may have saved Joe Benavides his life because he was screaming, "He's out! He's out! He's out!" And I don't know if Mark Goddard could tell because his eyes were open, but yeah. he wasn't stopping the fight. So I. If, if we had to deal with Bisping to save a life, I think it was well worth it. But, man, talk about another thing. Mauling a guy so bad, a jiu-jitsu specialist, and you mauled him so bad that you submitted him with a rear naked choke slash neck crank slash twister type thing. Holy shit, dude. That's just being levels above a guy. That's just being so much stronger. And maybe there's a chance in my mind that maybe Benavidez wasn't fully recovered from the first fight because of the clash of heads and then getting knocked out. Because we've seen guys come back before and their chins aren't fully recovered. Maybe that's the case here, but I feel like if I, if I had to bet money on, I would say Figueroa's just got that power in his hands because he. I mean, he's just an absolute tank at that in that weight class.
0: Yeah, he's a to drop somebody with literally every punch. Like that's 80, like he landed 85%
1: you know? of his significant strikes, and I think he had four att- attempted submissions, and they were all really close.
0: Yeah, it, it was a crazy fight, uh, but yeah, I'm am t- Team Figueroa. We're a Figueroa pod- podcast yeah, now. Absolutely. Um, I think I think I might have it. Devison, Doctor Evil Figueroa. That should be his new nickname.
1: <laughs> that is pretty good. He's a villain. He's a vil- He's the perfect villain. I said. I think we said it last week, and I uh, I couldn't agree more. He's a perfect villain for the for the weight class. They need something exciting. Um. They need they need somebody to come fight him now. I don't know. I mean, we got a couple guys on this card that might have a chance of fighting him now. I don't know who's next in line, but um, he's going to be tough to beat. He might have the belt for a long time. The only thing that could get in his way is if USADA gets him, but um, I'm not going to make those uh, those type of accusations yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Askar Askarov had a pretty good win, and he might be the, uh, the next in line here. I'm going to look at the... Uh... The rankings right now at flyweight. You got as the champion, and then you got uh, Benavides is one, but obviously that fight's not happening uh, ever again, most likely. And then you got three Brandon Moreno, four Alexander Pantoja, which is gonna change because he lost to Askar Askarov. Then you got Alex Perez at five, here Formiga at six, and Asker Askarov at seven. Then you got Kai Kara France, who is an up and comer right now. Uh, I don't think that fight, Kai Kara France, deserves a title shot yet. So I think Asker Askarov or Brandon Moreno may be the, uh, the next title shot, but it's kind of disappointing. Neither of those guys really scream like um, somebody that's going to, uh, you know, really sell, you know, sell pay-per-views or anything. I really hope they can kind of build somebody up that in the flyweight division that'll be a good nemesis for Figueredo because really that's what you need. You know, he needs somebody to put on a show against.
1: Yeah, he's the heel. Now we need the hero. Because he just quickly disposed of the last hero, in absolute could brutal be fashion.
0: If Cejudo could make it down there again, I think they could really sell that. You know, because uh, even though he tries to be like King of Cringe, kind of a heel, Cejudo tries to be, but you know, he'd definitely be more of the hero in that fight. I think.
1: Yeah, because that whole that whole King of Cringe thing comes off kind of like a dorky, a dirky guy trying a little too hard. And if you look at a guy like Figueroa, who actually, again, we don't know anything. We don't even know what he's saying. But when he fights, and when he walks out, and when he does his face-offs he looks like he has bad intentions as far as the fight goes and um he's definitely a perfect perfect villain um I'm as high on him as ever I we thought that this would happen I I didn't think it would be this brutal but I thought he would probably win the fight again and I thought like the whatever he was minus 200 was definitely fair but this was not even close this was just an absolute mauling like I said he landed 85 percent of his significant strikes um yeah I mean get him back in there quick uh the fly flyweight division's never been hotter
0: no no so yeah um it's really all i got on that fight like i said i'm i'm pumped on figueredo we need to uh get him his next fight i want to see him again but um after that we had the co-main event we had jack hermanson versus kelvin gaslam and this was um this was a bummer for me jlt bummer of the night uh, about as bad I'm as big it Kel- i'm a big kelvin gaslam fan and uh you know, it just, what are you doing? You need a win in this fight, and you're jumping into his guard like that against somebody who you know is good at jiu-jitsu. I mean, Kelvin Gaston ain't bad at either, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a bummer. I mean, I hated seeing him go out like that. It felt like we were just getting started in that fight, and, uh, and then he just goes and gets uh, the heel hook. Yeah.
1: yeah, okay, first of all, first ever JLT lock of the night to go wrong. So... We didn't
0: officially call it the lock of the night, though it was kind of like we if we had to pick one, I think we go with this one. But yeah, and touching on that, I every single thing I thought for this card, besides Figueredo winning the main event, was wrong. Like I got absolutely crushed. I couldn't pick a winner on this card. Everything I, everything I bet, I lost every single every single fight.
1: Yeah, I, I did too, except for I'm um, I, I agreed except for Figueredo. Um we also let's backtrack last week. But get this, even
0: betting, I bet eight will win by knockout to make the odds a little better, and obviously he won by submission, which is bullshit because he pretty much knocked him out. But
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad, that's a bad beat on its own, especially if you had it at the end of a parlay and that was your last uh, that was your last pick. Um, but back to Gaston i backtracking one week. We, this was pre weigh-ins, and I didn't watch the weigh-ins. But this is why we need to start watching the weigh-ins. I did not know that Kelvin Gastelum had a Karen Bob cut, Bob, a Karen Bob haircut. So <laughs> I had no way of knowing that he was going out there like that. And then to make it worse, I had no way he was putting it into a little Samurai Jack ponytail. I don't think his head was in the right place leading into this, or I don't think that would have happened. So that's why you got to watch weigh-ins. You get a lot of little tips, a lot of little information. If I saw that, I might have been a little skeptical. So, But yeah, I... Um, I say this all the time as a non-expert, as uh, just uh, somebody who's watched it all the time. Strikers should not be playing with jujitsu guys, handing legs out like they're nothing. What are the odds that you, okay, you didn't knock him down, you didn't hurt him. What are the odds that that, that Hail Mary, split the guard, land in full mount, finish a guy? How, how many times has that ever worked when the guy's not yeah. dazed? Almost never.
0: Yeah, you need to have him hurt when you jump on him. Yeah, I mean, it's like the fight was just getting started you're a stand-up fighter for the most part it's like stay on the feet you know he's a decent wrestler um Gaslam is but not a big submission guy um you know I I think he is pretty decent on the ground um but he is a black belt at 10 planet jiu-jitsu uh Kelvin Gaslam is so it's not like you know he he doesn't know what he's doing on the ground but still it's like there's no reason to be in that guy's guard like that
1: yeah, and I mean, we've already talked about this fight longer than the fight even was. It, was. it was started and it finished 1 minute 18 seconds. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge bummer of a performance for Gaslam. Like you said it last week too, the guy is pretty much coming off of two performances ago now, but coming off of the highest of high, he was this so close to a belt. And even before that, he was supposed to fight for the belt and uh, Whitaker had the hernia he fought out of Sanya. It was a super it was one of the best fights of the year. I don't I mean, like you said, like you said also, he was he said coming back he had some issues coming back, getting motivated again. Who knows what it is? Or maybe he just got caught in a lock before the fight ever got going. I don't know what it was. It really sucked though. Um, I like Gaslam a lot too. I don't have anything against Hermanson, but um, it just it sucked that it, it went that way. So um, bummer bummer of a fight. But I guess we'll move on from there. If you don't got anything else,
0: no, that's all I really got. Just, just very disappointed. Bummer on that one. Um, b- about as big of a Gaslam fan as you can get. So, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one sucked. Three losses now. Nah, we need to make sure we pick this next fight right for Gaslam. So we need to get him a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Next I, fight. I hope
0: it. I hope it. Um, honestly, I hope it gives him the, uh, like, a reason to go down to 170. Any fight. I hope he works on the cut. Um, slims down a little bit and gets makes one seventy because I think that's the division he needs to be fighting in.
1: Yeah, I think so. That would be a, that would be a positive. That would make a positive out of a negative. Yeah, and you can see the size difference of him. And you always could. You could see the size difference when he fought uh, when he fought Till, who was a one seventy. When you could see the size difference when he fought out Asanya. It's not like it's not obvious and not open, but uh, so hopefully hopefully we get a positive from a negative because this has got to be about as low. He put out a tweet and like a, on an Instagram post and stuff basically saying how embarrassed he was, and this was pretty much the worst, pretty much a nightmare for as far as how a performance can go. So um, we can move on from there. Then we'll go to a lightweight fight between um, Casey, Mark Casey, and Rafael Fizev. And uh, another surprise, another shocker, another guy that we didn't know anything about, and uh, he turned out to be a full-blown killer.
0: Yeah. I mean, he put on a, a Fizev put on a good, a good fight. And, uh, you know, D.A. Casey, no slots. just, uh, you couldn't get it done. And, uh, you know, Rafael Fizev just turned out to be the better fighter in there that night, at least. Um, I was hoping maybe that there'd be a terrible decision because I had Di Casey on that, but obviously there wasn't. Um, I mean, it was clear that, uh, Fizev won that fight. Um, so, you know, D.A. Casey, he's going to have to live to fight another day. Um, but i don't i don't know what'd you think on this one
1: well, I mean he clearly just outclassed him and he had his number on everything those body kicks were oh man those were those were hard to even listen to those slaps on the body those were brutal uh he his kicks he had the uh the matrix move he pulled off a few times from his kickboxing highlights where he just didn't even put his hands up and just ducked back he he didn't look to be he didn't look the part of like a super agile super athletic guy but man he was uh he was uh, he was all that and more. He was fast, powerful. Um, he could definitely be a potential player in the lightweight division. Beating a guy like Dia Casey is a pretty big start for your UFC run. So um, I also had Dia Casey. I thought it, I thought he had a pretty good shot at winning this fight. I didn't know anything about um, the other guys. So yeah, I mean it was just a dominant, dominant performance. There was no doubt in my mind. Um, I was praying, but I had to pretty much pray for a robbery, which I don't actually do. But um, it was a uh, It was a good fight. It was a pretty good fight too, and I think it got fight of the night. I think they both got the fifty k bonus, so uh, well deserved in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think Figueroa was
0: definitely the fight of the night if I had to versus Benavides, but um, it was short though. So as far as performance
1: uh, performance of the night,
0: yeah. As far as something going the entire fight, you know, like a decision fight, this was definitely you know one of the better ones, if not the best one on the card. Um, Yeah, and I'm definitely gonna be watching. uh Fiz- next fight um you know he yeah definitely proved that he's a killer and I, i'll be interested to see him fight
1: yeah and now we know who he is i mean fight out and this whole covid thing has brought a lot of new fighters i mean they've been signing guys like crazy there's been a lot of uh a lot of um debuts a lot of finding out who, though a lot of people have uh i would say taken advantage of this situation and made the most of it so uh there's another one right there so then we had a win. Women- yeah, it seems
0: like a lot of these people that are getting their shot are are taking full advantage of it. You yeah. know, a lot of these guys that you're hearing about for the first time are, you're, we're talking about good things that they did as well. So you know, it's always good to see guys get that shot and then take full advantage of it and start making a name for themselves.
1: Yeah, I agree 100. percent And there's been there's been quite a few of them. So that's that's a. a Definitely a positive in a lot of people, this is long this is kind of launching a lot of people's careers. Some people have fought two or two times, two two, three times. Oh, Figueredo also. COVID survivor winning a belt. First COVID survivor to win a belt. That'll go down in history. Oh wow. There was an, who was the other COVID survivor that won a fight? Somebody last week, whatever. But anyways. Fig- yeah, it was um hold on. If I if I figure it out, was it Jimmy Rivera? Yes. Jimmy Rivera, first one to win a first one to Think it was the first one to win a fight post-COVID. Yeah, honestly,
0: has a COVID survivor ever lost a fight? That's the new thing. I think you're guaranteed to win if you're a COVID survivor.
1: Yeah, that might be true. We haven't uh, we haven't seen it happen yet. I don't think. We'll have to do. We'll have to get the JLT stats department on that. But um, if COVID survivors are two and zero, that's a big edge in the gambling. When you're looking at making picks, you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean when
0: when you battle such a deadly disease and you just crush it like that then a fight's nothing you know
1: yeah what's a what's a fight <laughs> what's a fight against a man when you've already fought against a worldwide pandemic yeah exactly so there you go keep that in mind when you're uh, placing your bets from now on um move on to the women's flyweight here we had uh, Arianne Ariane versus Luana Carolina and this was a disgusting submission by Lepisky. uh I don't get any joy out of, it was a knee bar I don't get any joy out of watching knee bars I don't care how good how well um how good of a submission it was um it was disgusting is what it was
0: yeah just to see someone's knee get twisted up like that just because you know that could be like potentially uh you know devastating career-wise to just get your knee torn up like that it kind of sucks and in a the fight they have to go for it though and uh you know it's not like sparring or just rolling when you can kind of just you know, hold it and just have them tap because they don't finish it. You're like, you gotta, you gotta go for it. And I don't, I don't blame them, but yeah, it's always tough to watch those. <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting,
1: is what it was. But I will say, um, I feel like she needed a win as much as anything. And uh, Carolina, I don't know any. I, again, I don't know anything about her. I, this might have been her second fight, but she must not have been very advanced as far as uh, her ground game because uh, Lepiski basically just sat on her and. Gave up her back, and they were yelling. She get basically giving up her back, and she just let her grab her knee and straighten it out, and then hyperextend it. Um, there's a there's a good picture of it if anyone wants to see it. You can just go to anywhere and Google it or look it up on Twitter. It is, it's gruesome, is what it is. But uh, quick fight, round one, uh, minute 28 in. Um, I guess. It was a yeah, potential submission. It to the now night. it's just
0: a a weird way to finish for being on top like that and just she, pulling it up and just it. Yeah, I, I forgot how bad that
1: was almost until I just looked at the picture. It's it it's pretty brutal. Gruesome. It's absolutely gruesome. But she just sat on her lap like a little kid and just grabbed her leg and was like just solely focused on getting that knee bar. She must, it must have been something she saw or she expected it would be there because. And, and Carolina must have just had no chance that it was – or no no idea that it was coming because she just let it happen until it was too late. So I don't know what it was, but it was, uh, it was nasty. You don't see many of those, luckily. Thank God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one to watch.
1: Yeah, and a qu- it was quick, but it was quick. All right, so then it was a men's flyweight. This was the backup flyweight fight of the night, Alexander Pantoja versus Askar Askarov. Askarov got the decision – but it was a pretty close fight. I felt like Askarov won. I felt like that was the correct decision. But it was a close fight, I guess you'd say.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. I thought Askarov did enough to win. Um, he's a wrestler. Um, you know, not really my cup of tea um, as far as fighting style for uh, Askarov. But he looks like he could be, um, you know, trouble in that division. Uh, he's putting on a good win streak at 12-0. and 0. Um someone to keep an eye on uh there's not many people so he might be next in line for the title shot there at uh at at 125 we'll see um you know I would hope he would get at least you know one more
1: good win or something uh but yeah we'll see yeah uh and there's not much to take from that I mean Pantoja's an exciting fighter I thought Askarov threw quite a bit of punches though I think he was just dominating with a jab uh more active more I mean it was uh it was uh more of a typical flyweight fight but it was uh it was a good win for Askarov and uh this division's a l- it's more alive than ever so it's a good time to be making your run
0: yeah exactly I mean I wanted Pantoja to win this one I was high on him um you know he's a minus 200 favorite, So Askarov came in there and uh you know and and won a fight most people
1: didn't think he was gonna win yeah I didn't touch that one but yeah I forgot he was he was a pretty significant favorite so good win for him um was there any more? That was the that was the first fight on the main card. Uh, yeah, that was the first fight on the main card.
0: Um, the rest were prelims. Prelims. Um, is there any any uh any fights that kind of stood out for you? I'm guessing. Uh, you know, kind of saw Joseph Duffy just kind of you know, the Conor McGregor wins by far going to be the highlight of his career, even though it happened before. It was a highlight. It's post highlight, pretty much, and uh, he, it doesn't seem like he's got a chance of ever doing anything. He was a huge favorite, and um, he gets submitted in the first round. I think he was uh, like minus six hundred or something like that, or mi- or maybe he was like minus three fifty. But um,
1: but yeah, he was a huge favorite, minus three fifty, and he he didn't look that great. No, he looked terrible. He was t- he retired after the fight, by the way. I don't know if you followed up on that. Oh, he did. No, I didn't see that. You, I mean, fighters are never retired, but he he claimed he was he was done. So, and again, right after the fight, too, a lot of people. But if he does hang it up, yeah, he, the Conor McGregor killer—that that's what he'll be known for. Um, gave Conor McGregor his second loss ever. Was that in Cage Warriors or some some promotion like yep. that? Um, I guess I guess they were trying to build him up in the UFC a little bit, and maybe maybe eventually do a rematch. I don't know. That obviously went off the rails real quick.
0: You never know. Yeah, they guy, definitely but- they definitely were. They uh, they brought him into the UFC. They uh, tried. They had him fight Poirier early on to kind of because you know Connor beat Poirier. They gave him Poirier to try and like uh, you know build up a story to get them uh, def- definitely to face off to get Connor to uh, avenge that loss. But definitely never uh, never materialized because uh, you know Duffy just never had a chance to book a fight that big.
1: Yeah, I mean it just never panned out, and you never know with the fighter. I mean, he beat him when he was like 22 years old or something. Who knows? Maybe it was uh maybe it was just never that good. I always thought he was an all right fighter. I've seen, some, I watched some of his highlights and stuff too. So I don't know. But like I said, he uh, he hung it up afterwards. So um, if he is retired, best of luck to him. Uh, no one can take that win away, though. I guess. Although he's probably sick yeah. of hearing about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's definitely probably done hearing about that one. I mean, he's definitely not a bad fighter. He's a decent fighter, but um, he's just not. He's not great. You know, he's probably just average at best for. I mean, for UFC, I mean, average in the UFC is still being a really good fighter. But
1: yeah, and you, you hate to, I hate to talk too bad about, it, but that was like collecting a paycheck fight. But um, whatever, it was what it was. It's over now. I wish I would have bet that underdog, like some of, some people we know did. Um, I thought it felt like one of those it felt like one of those underdogs that's too obvious and something was afoot and I couldn't I just couldn't pull the trigger on it it felt too obvious too suspect felt a little too out of whack and I was not going to be the sucker that took it and then now I wish I am but oh well good performance by uh what was his name that one that um Alvarez that's right it was Alvarez yeah so good win by him um I wish I would have bet him but uh any other any other um prelims fights that you stick out to you because i that that's all i got
0: no not really we can just go into the jlt awards here which it's pretty easy um we don't have too much on this one we got the uh, jlt just bleed fight of the night obviously we're going to davison figueredo versus joseph benavidez like we already went over it i mean it was uh it was a slaughter figueredo just came out there bombed down uh, benavidez and just uh, took him out quick and early uh submitted him but um yeah Figueiredo, JLT, Just Bleed, Fight of the Night. Um, and then for Knockout of the Night, there was only one. Well, yeah, only one. So Roman Doliziz uh, gets it versus Cadiz Ibrahimov or something. Uh, we need to work on our pronunciations because we, <laughs> we mess up a bunch of them. But. Even if I,
1: yeah, but even if I practice them, even if I practice them, I blow them as soon as it comes. I could practice it 20 times, and that might that probably makes me worse. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's all we uh and then j l t bummer of the night we already said it's calvin gaslam um but that's really all we got for the award it's kind of a kind of a low key card overall um you know it was good but not great i'd probably give it a six out of ten i don't know what do you think
1: hard to say because uh le- i mean legitimately fight fatigue is a real thing that was i was dealing with like i i don't know i don't know how much that weighs into it but i i mean i Watch this about as lenient or about as with about at least attention until the last three fights um as I've watched any in a long time so um third card in seven days I was pretty worn out. I don't know if I don't know if you felt that way, but um I mean i love yeah. I love watching fights i don't i I like to say I don't get sick of it, but uh just the wear and tear of three straight I just just not used to it I'm just not used to it. And uh, when you watch that Wednesday card, it feels like it should be a Saturday and then it pops up on Saturday pops up like out of nowhere and you got another one. Um, so I'll say I'd say yeah, six six out of ten. But as far as as far as seeing some pretty good fights, I would say maybe there was maybe some there were some that stand out for sure. So Yeah, yeah the
0: highlights were high. Like it it had some really good highlights, but um, And it had a title but overall, fight. it was kind of slow.
1: Yeah, and we had a title fight, which is always cool. So, so yeah, that'll do it for that.
0: Yeah, we'll move on to the broadcast breakdown. And uh, first thing I gotta say is just too many accents on one card. You know, I'm the accent <laughs> hater, um, and it, this one was just—it's too much. I, I have—I can only take so many, so much talking in accents. And uh, you know, another another little note here: John Gooden is lame, dude. I, that guy just bothers me. I don't know what it is. Um, just think it's, he's like Rico Suave or something. It's, it's the stupid, accent, you know. It's the accent. It, it's just ridiculous. But at least we didn't have to listen to the the team of Dan Hardy and John Gooden. I just Ooh. the two of them together just bugged the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, well, you are a certified accent hater. Um, I'll I'll call it kind of a neutral a neutral secondary group. I would say I didn't I wouldn't hate them. Hate them. They were whatever. You had John Gooden with the bow tie on the Welshman, I believe. Um, yeah,
0: anyone who wears a bow tie to an MMA event just <laughs> needs to fuck off. You know what the
1: problem <laughs> You know what the problem with the with the with the accents to me is it sounds like they it almost sounds like a soccer match. It's like a Yeah. But you know you know it was all screwed up because then we had Joe Martinez instead of Bruce Buffer doing the intros and the results and he's got that super like um like uh he's got that really recognizable boxing, boxing talk, like lingo when he does. his. So he had like that boxing thing going on, which I like. He's good. It's kind of weird that they flew him out there for one event though. Like he's probably, I mean, top ranks got stuff going on. I don't know. Maybe he's looking for work. I don't know. I also don't dislike him though, but it was just kind of a weird stuff. Was just a little off. And like I said, I was a little off. So um, I don't know if Bisping, I don't even know. I I'm to the point where I'm tuning him out. So I don't even. I'm not. Even, I don't have really anything bad to say about him. I will say this: he was on Tim Kennedy all night. Did you notice how many times he called out Tim Kennedy, who's irrelevant to the UFC for like five years now? Yeah. What, what was up with that? <laughs>
0: I, don't know. I was kind of in and out. I I had a bad headache, so I was kind of just turning the volume down for a lot of it. I couldn't take Bisbing, <laughs> um, so I, I missed out on a lot of the broadcast uh, and commentary this time. But. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I did hear it once or twice. What what was up with that?
1: I don't know. Well, I mean, Ca- Gaslam had a nice knockout of Tim Kennedy, but he pointed that out, like, numerous times. I don't remember what else he said about Tim Kennedy, but it was like, I was like, man, he's, he's getting kind of personal. And uh, I, I know people on Twitter pointed it out, too, so it wasn't just me. So, um, yeah, maybe you could set up a Bellator match between Tim Kennedy and Michael Bisping. And uh, Yeah, maybe
0: he's looking for a fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was hanging out with Dana White, and they were filming Dana White looking for a fight segment. So maybe he decided he was going to look for a fight too. Did you see yeah, this video? There you go. Did you see this video of Bisping? So I am going to rip on Bisping a little bit. I thought I wasn't. I thought I was going to let him off the hook because I've always liked Bisping, especially when he was a fighter. But did you see the video when he arrived at Abu Dhabi and he's screaming at the workers like, "Who's in charge here?" He's just screaming at him over and over. It's like a really yeah. He screams so like a
0: dick to workers and stuff. Big like time.
1: To... I don't know what ha- I don't know the backstory. I don't know if he's ever acted like this before. I have a theory though, a JLT theory. I think he's drinking his own Kool Aid, and I think he's buying it, buying into his own press clippings. Because when he was a fighter, everyone loved his trash talk. When he got out of fighting, okay. Here's another thing. A side note, real quick. Where is the table at? Is that banned because of COVID? You know, Bisping used to work the table, not the booth, right? You remember that? Yeah. Where's the table? Yeah, yeah. Where's the table at? Because he was good on the table.
0: Yeah, I think they they must not be doing that because I thought Cruz was always good on the table as well um, when they take it up to the... And they usually have those for big pay-per-views, but they didn't have it for, for um, 250 or 251. Um, so, yeah, it must just be something that they cut out for now because of COVID. Don't want people sitting that close to each other or something. But, uh, yeah, Bisping was always good on that. He's not a good broadcaster, and I think you're right. I think he's just... I think he's like buying in the hype because people loved him when he was a fighter, and I don't think he can take because it definitely seems like he he's aware of people kind of shitting on him right now.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. But my thing, so so to kind of keep expanding on it a little bit, I think, yeah, he's 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 leaning into his character, his caught his uh, his like trash talk character, and he's like uh, he's almost trying to be like the Gordon Ramsay of MMA or something like that, where you can say whatever <laughs> you want and everyone loves you and laughs, but. I just think he wore it kind of thin on the, as far he was, when he was working the desk, I think he was fine. When he's on the call, it's just too much. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. His little freak out on the workers, though, that was pretty strange. That was like, I mean, you're showing up and all the, like, there's a million, there's a million new, uh, like, protocols in place. You don't even know what they're doing. And he's just screaming at him about who's in charge. But got caught on he, he saw the guy filming him. He's like, don't you film me. So it was pretty strange, but um, maybe I'll, really? I'll post so he knew, knew he was being a dick, and then he got pissed, and they're filming him, too. Like,
0: I feel like having that stupid accent just even makes <laughs> you seem like more of a dick when you're, like, <laughs> talking shit to people, like, fucking just low-class workers. Like, man, yeah. that just makes me hate
1: him even more. Yeah, and I don't hate it, but, like, you're not Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay and Simon Cowell can show up and do that shit. You can't. When you were a fighter, you could do that to other fighters, and when you're on the desk, you can talk shit up as much as you want because you're standing there face to face. But not a good look. Yeah, just dive back a little booth, bit. Like, yeah, when you're
0: on the broadcast team, like you need to be pretty like neutral towards every fighter, you know? Like oh. you shouldn't like I get it, they're gonna have some stuff from when they were fighting from in their division. They're gonna have some rivals and stuff, but you can't just be like just picking one side or the other for just random fights in the flyweight division or something or any random fight. Like you need to be pretty neutral. You need to be there to explain the fights, explain what's going on. Like it's not like the show is not about you. Like you're there to enhance the fight that's going on. The show is about other people. Like you got to be just willing to take a backseat seat. Show what's going on, explain what's going on, and you know, do some com- commentary, make it interesting. But it's not all about you. And Bisbing, I think that's his biggest problem with broadcasting is he makes it all about him. He wants to be loud. He wants to talk all the time. He wants everyone to hear him. And um, you know, he's definitely like at at times trying to let them hear what he's saying in the cage. It's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I agree. And when you said pick favorites, he's always super partial to the uh british guys or the guy the uk guys let me look this up who was it there was a um grant dawson that's a uh british guy right
0: uh
1: or i think brett, so brett johns maybe i don't know it was oh, one brett of brett johns brett johns is oh man
0: davy grant he was really high on the other on yeah. the other card too
1: yeah so yeah you're right about that it just seems like and i didn't even think he was that bad leading up to this fight island are like up to this point so um i wasn't planning on bashing him that hard i didn't even want to spend that much time on it but those few things i'll post the uh the karen bisping video on our instagram tonight just so everybody can see his <laughs> just so everybody can see his antics um you're not you're not you're not gordon ramsey gordon ramsey gets to do that stuff that's his shtick so we'll move on we'll move on anybody else in felder was there he did a good job uh, he's he was doing the post fight interviews, which is I think he, like his specialty. He's as good at it as anybody. Um, and then John Gooden bow ties. The only thing I remember about him, uh, it was like the one of the British guards, one of the British fight or one of the European fight nights is basically the crew minus Dan Hardy. So maybe Dan Hardy's training for his comeback. I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> so it was like a it was a it was a second second tier tier two broadcast clan. And I didn't think it was anything, it wasn't really that bad, so it was, it was uh, pretty uneventful. Yeah, yeah, it could have been worse. Alright, so now we'll move on to fighter stocks.
0: Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back! Fighting business, it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. I wanted to make a big boom in my comeback, and like I said, it's like the stock market. Right now, the guy who has the highest stock right now, it's Michael Bisping.
1: Definitely some, definitely some big movement in the fighter stock market this week. We got, uh, we got some guys going way up. Uh, I think the flyweight division goes way up. Um, I'll start with the obvious one. I'm sure you have something on this, too. Obviously, Davidson Figueroa, as far as he won the belt that he pretty much won back in February, but he officially won it. And he put the flyweight division a little more on the map as a uh, guys that hit hard, guys that are powerful. And um, as far as uh, personal exposure, I think he, as far as uh, building his own brand as a fighter, I'm sure his stock is as high as it's ever been. So um, I think he's the biggest winner of the night for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I got Figueredo's stock going up and definitely the biggest winner of the night. Um, I got, a, I think you're right, flyweight division as a whole um, stock going up. Um, I think Dana, they said Dana officially announced that, uh, that the flyweight division's here to stay. You know, he's been you know, he hasn't said it's done, but he hasn't said it's, you know, he, it seemed like it's good to go. Um, but he hasn't came out and officially said it and he just did come out and officially say it's here to stay. So it was like, kind of like a, you know, in, uh, like a hold pattern, like, uh, um, for about two years now, ever since, uh, you know, the Cejudo and DJ stuff went down. So, It's here to stay. Stock's going up on the uh, flyweight division and Askar Askarov as well. I think he put on a a good performance and kind of cemented himself as being, you know, one of the uh, future title challengers. Maybe one more win or he might even get the next shot. So I got Askar Askarov going up as well.
1: Yep, I would agree with that. And then I got Rafael Um, No, Didn't know anything about him leading into this. And he's an entertaining fighter, powerful everything you everything you'd want out of a lightweight division fighter. He's in a swimming in a pool of killers, but I think he's got, he's definitely got what it takes to move up. I don't know what his ceiling is, but, um, exciting fighter. You definitely don't want to miss one of his fights. He goes after it. Even when he's winning, he doesn't put it in this fight. At least he didn't put on the cruise control when he was clearly up. So, um, I think his stock goes up. A lot of people found out who he was for the first time. He got the 50 K bonus. And, um, I think, uh, I think he's probably as high as he's ever been in his career, and I think he will uh, get another big opportunity after this.
0: Yep. Yeah. You got anyone else going up? No one else going up. Only going down from here. Yeah, me neither. So going down. Yeah, we got. uh, I got more going down this week than going up. But uh, going down first one. I'm sure you have it too. Joseph Benavides. You know, kind of cemented his. um, He's never going to be a champion, basically. Uh, stock's going down it can only go down from a title shot especially when you lose your four straight title you know not straight but you've got four title shots this you've lost four at this point and uh i don't foresee him ever getting a title shot again
1: no and especially 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 not if the guy you got to beat is uh davison figueredo so there's yeah i mean i this is a good good as good of a time as ever to call to hang it up nobody's ever going to i mean you're looking time's going to be kind to joseph benavidez as far as he was the first ever flyweight he won the first ever flyweight fight and he's the only guy to stick in the flyweight division as long as he has 28 and 7 great record had some great wins he says he's not going out like this he's going to fight again but i mean you better be okay with being second place which is where he's been forever And um, I mean, he's been a top five guy for over 10 years. He's just never won the belt, which that's rough. I think this was probably the roughest of them all because he probably knows the end is in sight. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately for him, stock's going down about as low as it can go. And that's not to say he doesn't have a great career and then he won't put together more good fights. But yeah, this is um, going, setting the record for the most title losses without a win is pretty, pretty brutal. And doing it in that fashion getting submit submitted like that, your eyes roll back in your head one of the one of the most brutal losses anybody could ever see, so yep that stock goes way down uh, a little less brutal stock going down more of just a disappointment I got Kelvin Gaslam. Um, this is probably a lot of people are probably pretty pretty low on him now, like we said we want him to go down to 170 we think it'd be a good thing for him to go down to one seventy um coming off some some major highs being a possible title shot to fighting for the interim title to dropping a few in a row and especially this one looking terrible physically with the haircut and um, in the octagon looking terrible getting submitted by a leg lock within a minute. So um, that stock's as low as it's been in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, coming off three losses, I got him. It's going down as well. Um yeah, just a rough night for Kelvin gass. I hope he rebounds. Um, yeah, I think he will rebound. I hope he goes down to 170, like you said. Uh, going down, I got uh, Mark Casey as well. Um, you know, just a bad fight in general for the bone crusher. Um, get kind of outclassed by an unknown, um, so that doesn't help your stock at all.
1: Yeah, yep, and especially when I pick you and I'm watching closely and then it still happens, so my stock, my stock went down literally, so... Um, yeah, I mean he got beat by a better fighter or a better fighter that night. Dia is a guy too that I think that um he's a guy with all the tools. And he he's a physical specimen as well. He's only got like four losses, I think. So uh so it's a tough um it's a tough way to go out. And uh getting beat by an unknown, even if they are a killer, is never exactly a good thing. No my, even if it's I mean, you got beat by a guy that very well could be a contender at some point, possibly. Hard to say, but I mean it still sucks to get beat by an unknown when you're a favorite. So yeah, his stock definitely goes down. But um, other than that, I don't have any other stocks going down. I don't have oh Joseph Duffy. That's my last one, but he retired, so he's actually taken himself off the market. So his stock would have dropped. Smart move, get out of the game. Um, 16 and five for his career. That's I mean a solid career, and he he had some hype. He had he had his run as far as they gave him a chance in the in the promotion. It didn't work out. Um, so his stock, his stock is at a, uh, it's at a standstill. So that's all, that's what I got for stocks going down.
0: Yep. That's, uh, that's all I got to nobody else for me. So that's it for fighter stocks today. Uh, we'll take it to the news. All right.
1: I have absolutely shocking news, shocking news. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, I was, I was completely caught off guard when I found out about this. Um, a lot of people are going to be shocked. It has to do with featherweight former champion Max Holloway. He's not even Max Holloway. His name is Jerome. You texted me this last <laughs> night. So I'm gonna you went into a JLT investigation. You sent this to me last night. I was caught off guard. I'm gonna give you a minute to kind of uh I know this has been weighing heavy on you, I'm gonna give you a minute to kind of talk through this and let us know how you came about this, what your initial reaction was, and uh why you decided to send it to me and ruin my night also.
0: Yeah, so I'm just uh you know, getting ready for bed, I just figure uh, before I uh, before I close my eyes go to bed, I'll just browse some Reddit real fast. I'm on the MMA, one of the general discussion threads, and I see one of the comments being, I can't believe Max's Ho- Max Holloway's name isn't Max. It's Jerome. I'm like, that's got to be a joke. And I start reading through the other comments. The next person's like, oh, my God, I didn't. I can't believe that's his real name. So I'm like, what? Like, is this? I thought, you know, people just talk shit on there all the time, just make stuff up. So I decided to Google it, and Wikipedia confirms, I mean, maybe they're taking it to the next level and changing the Wikipedia, but I I don't think so. Um, i go on to Wikipedia, and it says it's uh, Max Holloway's real name is, let's see, It I'll give you the full name right now. It is um, Jerome Max Kelly Holloway. So, I mean, the guy looks like a Max. Everything about this guy says Max, and then... He's not a Jerome. I mean, that's not what I picture when I see Jerome. And then so I immediately text you that, um, you know, it's all been a lie. I mean, I understand why he lost his belt now. I mean, Jerome is not featherweight champion. You know, Max is the featherweight champion. Like, I mean, Volkanovski, I get it now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I was thrown off guard. I immediately went to my outlet, which is Twitter, and I tweeted it. And I got a pretty, I got a pretty strong um, reaction to it. And guess what? I had a couple hot shots in there telling me I don't know shit about him if I didn't know that that was his name. Listen, anyone who says that they knew that is a goddamn liar. I know it was posted at the top of his Wikipedia page. I mean, somebody's like, you must not know anything about him then. You, no, I know a lot about him. Like, I could tell you his fight's in order. I did not ever read the first line of the Wikipedia. That said, his name was Jerome. Even if I read it, it wouldn't have registered. So
0: yeah, whoever and that was. How long was, has that been? The, I don't know. How long has it been up there? I think that might be a recent change because I feel like I would have read that.
1: JLT conspiracy could yeah. be could be. So yeah, that was the biggest, most shocking piece of news. Um, apologies to anybody who was not expecting that. We should have put a warning out. I tried a little bit there before I even um, before I even said it, but. It is what it is, as uh, Jerome would say, I guess. <laughs> All right, it is what it is. Next piece of news, on a, on a uh, little more uh, happier note, I, su- I suppose. Israel Adesanya vs. Costa set to headline UFC 253 in September. This dates back to um, JLT episode one. We talked about this. This is the fight we've been begging for, calling for. I know a lot of people. A lot of people have texted me about it. This is the fight a lot of people want. And um, we're no exception to that. I think we're Team Costa now, but I mean, um, this fight being officially announced, what is that? Where are you sitting right now with a about a two month, two month pad to think about it?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm Team Patriot, Paulo Costa. I mean, I I'm over Adesanya. I thought I was a fan, but every time I listen to him, I get more annoyed with the guy. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a big fan of his fight style. Um, you know, I think he he's a great fighter. Um, And I think this is going to be a banger, which I actually think he's going to win. But, I mean, I I love Paula Costa. I mean, that guy just throws down. He's always going to put on an entertaining fight. He moves forward. He takes it to guys like Yoel Romero, a counterpuncher. He took it to him the entire fight and just barely edged out a decision there. I mean, what's not to like about Paula Costa? Um, Formerly Boracina, but, um, I mean... I don't know if I like the name change really, but I mean, other than that, what's not to like about him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see this fight. Um, you know, Adesanya is a counter puncher. He's going to, you know, but Paulo, uh, Paulo Costa goes forward. We kind of saw, you know, Adesanya's last fight against Yoel Romero. Wasn't too interesting. Both counter punchers just waiting. And you know what happens? No one, no one ends up punching when you're both waiting for the other guy, but Paulo Costa is guaranteed to go forward. And uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a war, so I'm excited.
1: Yeah, this is probably our greatest, most far in advance JLT certified just bleed fight. Um, I'm signing on the dotted line now. That that I think that's what it will be for sure. I don't see any way it's no, not. It's a lock. Paul Acosta is honest to God. Not it's just not an act. He's legitimately crazy. I don't know if being crazy is enough to beat a super technical, super um, well rounded striker like Adesanya, but. It is a factor because Adesanya is not crazy, and Adesanya does not like. I don't think he likes pressure a whole lot, and I even think the pressure that Gaston was putting on him, who's also somewhat of a counterpuncher, was bothering him. Um, he picked apart Whitaker, but Costa is such a specimen. I don't know at what point do you draw the line where where size and power overtakes um, uh, skill and precision. I'm not sure. I believe the odds opened up with uh, Adesanya being like a 160 favorite and uh, Costa being like a 135, plus 135. So pretty close, maybe closer than most people expect. Um, Team Costa, Team Patriot, Team Chad Boricina all the way. Um, let's go. This is big news. This is the one we've been calling for. This is uh, We got a false alarm right off the bat because Ariel Helwani broke the news. Well, he didn't break the news. He broke the news for the people who actually broke the news. And Dana immediately said, "Not a done deal." So I was actually, as much as I wanted this fight, I was also praying to God that Ariel spread false information again. So <laughs> turned out, turned out to be true. So I won. I won either way. So good day for me. I felt like the Izzy Costa announcement kind of overshadowed the fight card itself until maybe the main card. But um, that's just it's just great news. So we'll be definitely looking forward to this one and talking about this one quite a bit on the build up uh no apparently no uh no ultimate fighter coaching but um i'm okay with that we get the fight sooner so all good news for me oh really well I, no I, ultimate fighter i haven't heard i haven't heard they were talking about them coaching it could they i guess maybe they could coach it is there enough time as i don't know i don't
0: know probably not but i'm i'm fine with that i'd actually prefer no ultimate fighter i mean the less i i don't see like having to deal with Listening to Adesanya for an entire Ultimate Fighter, like that would be brutal. So I'm actually like all for no ultimate fighter.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's honestly it's fine by me. So do you have any other news to bring to us? Um you, other than just your absolute bombshell you discovered last night about Jerome Holloway, formerly Max. Jerome Blast uh, Holloway.
0: No, after that I couldn't I couldn't really uh deal with anything else,
1: so all right, well, then we got something special for you here. We have an interview with uh, Terry, Terry the Terrorizer Ishin, a professional poker player, MMA fan, and a uh, longtime listener of the show. So I hope you guys enjoy that. All right,
0: today we have with us Terrence Ishin, professional poker player, longtime friend, longtime listener, first time guest.
2: Thanks for having me on. Always happy to help boost the ratings for a Spinning MMA podcast. <laughs>
1: All right, Terry. Hey, we went over the rules. Um, nothing political. What was the other rule? Oh, nothing that puts me in, since we're longtime friends here, nothing that puts me and Ryan at the scene of any previous crimes. That should be That should be good, all right?
2: I might have something in my notes that might break one of those rules, but...
1: All right, well, s- scratch it.
2: I took on most of the bad stuff, so I think we're good.
0: All right, well... <laughs>
1: All right, well, we'll start off with, um, first things first, uh, your background a little bit. So, I have known you since 2011. I'm actually going to tell a quick story, so um, I, prepared, I prepared my notes for this. Everyone told me professional poker player. First time I went over to his house, though, back in, I think this was 2011, I believe. No, this was 2010. All right, so times must not have been good. Was that right around when they shut down the, uh, they shut down the poker playing? Oh, yeah. Because of, Friday. Yeah, well, the first time I went to your house, there was an eviction notice on your door. There was no furniture in the whole place except for a beanbag, a folding chair, and a folding table with a computer sitting on it. So that's where we started back in 2010. So there's been some up and down since then, I hope, I assume. Yeah. All right, well, to just to, keep, I- to stick with that story a little bit, though. All right, so... You told me you were at one time a D-list celebrity, and maybe even more th- more so than that in the poker world. Yeah,
2: that might have even been pushing it. I really, I haven't accomplished much. Let's be honest.
1: Now don't try to be don't try to be too modest. Now, um, when did you start? You started playing poker? Like was that like when you were in college? First of all, you wrestled in high school, right? That's why you. That's what got you into MMA. Yep. Yep.
2: I uh trained MMA or wrestling for 14 years, went to college to wrestle, got injured and fell into poker. And, uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: Hey, Terry, what's your, uh, what's your biggest score in poker?
2: Uh, I don't even remember.
0: You don't remember your biggest score? What's one Uh, of them?
1: 200 some thousand. (laughs) All right. So that's pretty good. Um, but anyways, so you told me you've been rich how many times and poor how many times?
2: No, pro- yeah, probably eight or nine times. You've been broke quite a bit, but that's part of the game. Yeah, that's true. If, you have, are, if you have bad bankroll management like myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you still currently? Are you still currently solely a professional gambler? Is that your sole income to this day?
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird to say professional because I don't consider myself really like one of the best or anything, but just kind of, you can call yourself professional if it's what you do for a living, if you play it for a living, I guess. So.
1: Yeah, well, f- uh, f- it's your full-time job, and let's be honest, you haven't had any, you've never had a job in how many years now you've been doing this?
2: Uh. uh he's at least a decade now, or yeah, maybe like 14 years.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, definitely more than a decade. I've known you for a decade. So t- tell us a little bit, what was the highest of the high? What was t- what were times like? When was that, and what was it like? Well, yeah,
2: it was back back in the day when nobody knew how to play poker. About 2005 to 2008, it was just, I mean, you were just printing money, even if you had the slightest clue what you were doing. But, uh, you know, people got better, so it's a little tougher to make money like that nowadays
1: yeah so what what did that entail you went to las vegas every summer played in the world series of poker played in some uh won some some entries to tournaments what else
2: yeah i mean the world series tournaments those aren't really you don't really bank on those for to make money that those are kind of just a lottery ticket but
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right um all right, my next question: uh, What's the worst bet you've ever placed in your life, sports bet? Worst sports bet?
2: Oh, I'll get to that.
1: Oh, you got um, more for us?
2: Uh, we'll do that after the after the picks. I got a yeah, I got a story. All
1: right. Well, we're not. We're just. Ta- we're just giving everyone a little brief history of your life. You're not helping us out a whole lot, so um. <laughs> Terry, do you not remember your own life?
2: Let's get to the picks.
0: Alright, we'll uh, Terry's not a very talkative guy right now, so we'll 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 get onto his picks. We'll start talking UFC. I just want to mention that the uh, first card first UFC card I ever watched was with Terry. It was at the Hooters on Mill. And it was um see, it was Bigfoot versus um versus Overeem. And uh, Bigfoot knocked out Overeem Cold. It was prime Ubereem, too.
2: You hated it back then, too. I drug it there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That was when I was, before I got big into it.
1: Yeah. I got, a t- I, got a, I got a story, too. And Ryan, you were there, too. And this is another one since Terry's all of a sudden turned modest on us. Um, Terry, Fourth ter- of July weekend, I believe it was 2012, we were in Las Vegas. Terry was guaranteeing us that Chris Weidman was going to maul Anderson Silva, and none of us believed him, and it absolutely happened. So um, don't let him fool you with his modesty. He's he's been in the game a while.
0: Oh, yeah, remember remember Terry screaming, break his fucking leg, break his fucking leg.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely do. And when I was saying don't put us at the scene of any crimes, I was specifically thinking about that weekend. So moving on. (laughs) I don't remember much of that. Well, that's probably good for all of us. So, moving on from that, we'll get to uh, what were we gonna get? To? Were we gonna get to picks already? Yeah, let's let's do the picks. Let's see. What do you
0: got for? Um, we'll start with the uh, the first fight on the card. Um, let me see who that is. It is. Or, Terry, you got them all written down. What's your first fight?
2: Uh, Camzep, and.
1: Rise I'll be honest, I've heard it, so... Oh, he's he's brand new. They just signed him.
0: Yeah, and we got... So Kamzat Chimov is minus 1,100, and we got Rise McKee at plus 700. Who you got? Wow. Straight up winner. That's all we
1: need. Wait, which one? I, which one? Which one is uh,
0: that? Kamzat Chimov minus 1,100, Rise McKee plus 700.
2: Yeah, well, obviously, I'm not taking the... Uh, Not betting against the minus 1100.
0: All right. So Terry's got Kamzat Chimov. You heard it here first. (laughs) I don't know these guys. Uh, All right. Well, next we got uh, Alex Oliveira versus uh, Peter Sabata. Alex Oliveira is uh, minus 165. Peter Sabata is plus
2: 145.
0: Oliveira by submission. Oliveira by submission. Nice. I like the method of victory there. Um, Next up we got uh, Paul Craig versus, I'm not even gonna, I'm just gonna say his last name, Anna Gulov. Um, and we got Paul Craig minus 115, Anna Gulov's minus
1: 105.
2: I'll be honest, I don't know these guys either.
1: Well, pick a winner.
2: Paul Craig, since I know how to say his name.
0: All right. Paul Craig, we got on that one. Next, we got Carla Sparza versus uh, Marina Rodriguez. Um let's see, Carla Esparza plus one forty five underdog, Marina Rodriguez minus one sixty five.
2: I'm gonna go with Marina Rodriguez here. I'm really
0: yeah.
2: I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Carla Sparza at all. She's like she's a typical boring wrestler that you hate.
1: I thought yeah. you loved wrestlers. Wait a second. No. I thought you yeah. loved
2: I swear I'm. I've lost every time I bet on her.
1: Yeah, well that's fair.
2: Really don't like her nickname either, Cookie Monster. <laughs> like why? You would think you want you want a tough nickname if you're in the UFC, not something like Cookie Monster.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't can't bet on that nickname.
2: Anyone with that.
1: Yeah, so you fit in perfectly. We always talk about the nicknames and how important they are.
2: Yeah, I've been really. Really looking into nicknames, Leo. It was something I never paid attention attention to before.
1: Is that thanks to us?
2: Yeah.
1: Nice, see? <laughs> there you go. there you go. Is it helping or hurting? Uh,
2: it, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I kind of just started looking into him, like, oh.
1: last week. Oh, so you're, you're new. Okay. Well, we'll have to keep track of that. All right, next pick, next fight.
0: All right, let's see here. Next fight, we have... Um, See, we got Fabricio Werdum versus Alexander Gustafsson. Uh, we got Werdum is a plus 280 underdog. Uh, Gustafsson, we got at minus 340. What do you think about this one, Terry? I know you, got, you like these two guys.
2: Oh, no. I, I'm over Werdum. Did you guys see him, uh, his last fight at the Wayans? <laughs>
0: yeah. He looks out of.
2: He looked so terrible. Like he, I forget who, who he was fighting, but he was a big fan and then i'm pretty sure the second he stepped on the scale and, and took a up.
1: it was odds, boa constrictor <laughs> yeah he
0: he looked out of shape to say the least
2: his belly was disgusting and yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> he was obviously on the couch that whole training
1: he lost a split decision to the boa constrictor olenek
2: yeah and that was a mauling by who, what was used to be considered uh Arguably the best heavyweight of all time. In the top three, he still
1: might be in. He's still on the top ten, but
2: yeah, we're. He lost a lot of stock for me after that last fight.
1: His stock went down. You're saying? Yeah. All right. So you're with Ooh, the program. Here first. All right. What do you think of Gustafson going up to heavyweight? He looked like he was. He looked like he he had lost his fire completely. Last yeah, he, last two times out. So if he didn't, if he doesn't have a serious spark, I don't know how you could bet on him either. I mean, you have to make a pick because you're on, you're on here. You got to make five picks, but um, yeah. It what is just
2: fight of who wants it more at this point in their career, and you got to go with Gusseth and I mean, he's really only lost to the best of the best.
1: And Anthony yeah. Smith. And Anthony yeah, Smith. Yeah Anthony
0: Smith. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Smith. Never bet on someone who lost to Anthony Smith.
1: Oh, he lost. That's right.
2: Okay. Well, besides <laughs> that one, I mean, he only lost.
0: Nine. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping maybe um, you know he took some time off. He got the fire back, you know, because he seemed like he was kind of out of it there for a little while.
2: Yeah, and it's not like what, wasn't that Verdun fight? That wasn't even that long ago either. Two
1: forty nine. I feel it feels like it was only a couple months ago, but I don't know. It was on yeah,
0: two forty nine. Yeah, so, yeah, it was only, like, a month and a half ago. So, we're Doom couldn't be in that much better shape by now, like, even if he's been working out as hard as possible, he's, he's still not looking great. He just doesn't, he's probably getting a huge paycheck, too, just for
2: showing up like that. I don't know. I'm just going to go Gustafson by, uh, I don't know. It, this is, this is one you're going to want to wait until see the weigh-in, watch him at the scale, and then you know, decide.
0: Agreed, agreed.
2: Terrible again, he probably won't make it the distance.
0: Yeah, so then, all right, well, that's what we got on that one. Next up, we got uh, Mercio Rua, Shogun, um, versus uh, Antonio Nogueira, Shoe Face. Um, let's see, Shog- Shogun is, uh, is minus 185, Nogueira is plus 160. Who you got here?
2: I- I'm really not even interested in this fight at all this is like this is like Larry Bird mad playing one on one no one wants to see that
0: oh this is Min- Minotaro I don't know what I was thinking I thought it was a completely different guy there uh, but no it's uh Antonio no Guerra um, Minotaro so um yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a, a legends fight, like a senior senior fight for uh, a Bellator, Bellator type fight. Bell-
1: yeah, this is a Bellator fight right here. This has Bellator written all over it. Yeah, I,
2: I mean, it just seems like a pick. Of, I don't know. I'll take Shogun. Shogun. I'm not gonna be betting it. If if I was, I would just take what, what were what were the odds again?
0: Uh, Nogueras plus 160 and uh, uh, Shogun's minus 185. These.
2: Yeah, that's just a pass for me, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so, we got the main event next. um, Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. This one's like a pick-em. We got Darren Till at minus 105, Robert Whitaker at minus 115. Uh, What do you got here?
2: Yeah, this is a tough one. I kept flip-flopping back and forth, uh, and I still don't even know. Um, Yeah, I mean... Whitaker looked pretty unstoppable until the until the Adesanya fight, and it's it's kind of it's hard to say because where Darren Till's mind's at right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm gonna go Whitaker.
0: All right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Till on this one. I think I'm picking against you on this one, Terry.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm not uh, it's definitely going to be a pass too. I'm I don't really have many picks on this card that I'm happy about. Yeah, it's that being said, some good fights.
0: Yeah, exactly. These are definitely some good fights, but so let's see, let's do a recap. Terry, he's got uh let's see, who did He went with uh Kazmat Chmiev, Alex Oliveira um who do you go do you go with paul craig or or anna guloff paul craig right all right so yeah kazmat alex Oliveira, paul craig marina rodriguez alexander gustafson pending weigh-ins um shogun and robert Whitaker.
2: and also i wanted to point out on the on their card there was a there's an up-and-comer guy Oh, maybe not even up-and-comer, but he, uh, Nicholas Dalby, he fought to a draw with Darren Till. And he beat, his last fight was, he beat Alex Oliveira. And the fight before that was, uh, no contest due to unsafe surface. So you know <laughs> he's ready to go.
0: What is that? Unsafe surface? Yeah. That was a well- different.
2: I don't know. But well, you heard
0: happened. it. Heard it here first from our expert Terry. Um, last card. On, we, yeah.
2: uh, also, what's that? Um, my he might be related to me. That's another thing too. <laughs> really? My uh, when I was born, my last name was Dalby, and we have the same background too, Danish. So I mean, I'm thinking he's one of my uh, like third or fourth cousins, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's probably he's. is he a wrestler? Uh you get the wrestling gene from you? I don't know. We just got that fight gene though. Yeah, well Dolby Dolby is the Terry's pick here. Our last time we had a guest in, he turned us on to Jiri. So, you know, this is a big pick here by Dolby. You gotta look
2: you gotta look at him. He lo- he looks like me if I was tough. If I looked tough.
0: Jeez, we might have to get a Twenty Three and Me test for you here. See if we can uh, get you uh, get you to meet your half brother, Dolby. Just get the yeah. Maury Povich. So
2: that that's yeah. my that's my lock of the week.
0: Lock of the week, Dolby. There you go. All right. So, what do you got next on your agenda to talk about here, Terry? You wanna you wanna bring up you wanna talk about your gambling stories now?
2: Yeah. So th- this is just nothing to do with UFC. Uh, just gambling story. I guess the one, I, the one sports betting story I have. I, I went to the to Vegas for the World Series when I was 21 and fired off all these tourneys down like 50k and he faced a bunch of losses. But I decided to decided to ask my friend. From Minnesota, Jesse, who's a known sports betting loser for many years, and <laughs> despite having the MLB package and watching six hours of baseball every day, he responds with a text saying, oh, "Let it ride on the Red Sox versus Mariners. The pitcher sucks. Can't believe the line is it's about even." So I listened to him, and <clears throat> what he said was an absolute blowout winner. And he even abbreviated it ABW, so now I'm like pumped. Sure enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ABW?
2: Yeah, that's what he says when he thinks it's an absolute blowout winner.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Dolby, ABW this weekend, right?
2: That actually is, though. So yeah, and it, I mean, ended up losing. end up losing extra innings and. And that was the first time I officially went broke.
1: You put it all. <laughs> you put it all on I, that game. What? You put it all on that game?
2: Yeah, I bet like fifteen grand. That which is like basically my bankroll.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: Went broke, and <clears throat> I guess that also could be part of the real world call out segment. That's that's Jesse Bush from Bloomington, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, <laughs> you don't have to dox him. <laughs> you you edit will out edit out his out address there. Address there. <laughs> oh my goodness! So you've been sitting on a real world call out for over ten years now? No, longer than that. Like fifteen years, sixteen years. You've been sitting on a real world call out, waiting for this moment.
2: Yeah, it feels good to get
1: it out. Of your mind. <laughs> Jeez. That's your worst bet yeah. ever, though? That's the worst one ever?
2: Yeah. All right, well. I, I don't worry that much. that was. That's probably why.
0: <laughs> right. 15 grand. on uh, At least it went extra innings.
1: Oh, yeah. That makes it a lot better. How many years do you think it took off your life watching that game? You watch every pitch, like, on the edge of your seat?
2: Oh, yeah. That, I could not handle that le- lifestyle. You think poker, that, that's... Way worse.
0: Alright, so I guess that'll take us to your real world call out, huh? Who do you got? You said you already got Jesse, but you got another one prepared?
2: That was just a mini one. Um, yeah, honestly, it was a toss up between Henry Cejudo and Dan Hooker, but uh, Henry lives in Arizona and Dan lives in New Zealand, so I figured <laughs>
0: probably better better to choose Dan Hooker. <laughs> You're worried about so who triple C coming and beating your ass?
2: Yeah, I think he lives like fifteen minutes away, so <laughs> if we <you> watch <laughs> the podcast then I don't wanna risk it.
0: <laughs> yeah, triple C, longtime listener.
2: I don't need the triple C knocking down my door.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Yeah, Dan the H man hooker and, and Jesse Bush from Bloomington, Minnesota. Gotta go. <laughs>
0: All right, you heard it here first, Dan Hooker and Jesse. You got called out. You got forty-eight hours to respond. All
1: right, so you called them out. <clears throat> Was there anything else you wanted to cover? You, you, you were you were bugging us all day about all these topics. What's next? Weight cutting?
2: I got one. I got one for you. All right. Uh, so, your... I, you know, obviously, there's a kind of a judging problem. It's not as bad as uh, boxing. I don't think there's been any corruption with any of these judges, but you know, there's like, the late instance was obviously uh, Holloway and Volkanovski.
1: That was pretty bad.
2: It's just we're obviously anyone watching at home with eyeballs knows who won that. And I even had money on Volkanovski too, and I can still say that. So, I don't know. I think it's time to add a few judges. I think we need Maybe start with two more, bring it to five.
1: You think five's a magic number?
2: I think five would be good. Because, you know, how many judges, only so many judges can score a fight 30-27 for a guy who clearly lost the fight. And it happens all the time.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> we do see some pretty bad judging pretty regularly. Um, by the way, was that your third call-out in this episode? Uh, the judges, yeah. Yes, I, uh, I didn't think about that. You're a, Here we go. You're on a roll. This is a record. No one's called out. We've we've done two call-outs each a lot of times, but no one's ever called out three by themselves. So that's a new record. Um, as a gambler, I was going to ask you about this. I've I, just been trying to lure you into, like, getting the point across that you're – I don't want to say a degenerate, but that's the word a lot of people use to describe themselves as gamblers. Did you tell me on the, uh, oh the – Two cards ago, who was that? Who, Cater uh, Ige? Did you say you had like eighty open bets or something on that card?
2: Oh yeah, I had a lot of parlays.
1: How'd you end up doing?
2: I don't know if I had eighty. I don't. I, I had a lot. I, I I lost count. I would just make a bunch of them and then not even pay attention. I don't know. <laughs> I you, went,
1: you hit a twenty-two went, to what? one, didn't you? What? You hit a twenty-two to one, didn't you?
2: Yeah, a round prop. I can't even remember which one it was either.
1: Yeah, you didn't even know until later on. Then you're like, oh, yeah, I had that. Cause yeah. You, and then I said, how did you forget a bet like that? And you said because I had like 85 open bets. Yeah, it was a mess. A lot of people made money on that card. That was a good card for a lot of people.
2: That was a good one. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, had, that one. I, I had, had a bad couple of weeks before that, though.
0: It was uh, it was the Davy Grant round three, um, knockout in round
1: three. Oh yeah. So it was right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. That was the first That was the first fight of the night. So that started off well. Uh, next, another question for you: Have you ever bet your rent? Have you ever gambled your rent, and and either won it or lost it? Have you ever lost? Have you ever gambled your rent money and then lost it and then not had money for rent?
2: I have not done that.
1: Okay, it's never gotten that bad then.
2: (laughs) I have not done that.
0: So professional, not degenerate. (coughs) There we go. Hey, I got a question for you, Terry. So regarding the weight cutting, so you were uh, a wrestler in high school and then for a little bit in college. but um, So I've heard rumors and stories that you once went somewhere in between five and seven days without food or water. Most people say you would be dead. If you went that long without food and water, but you, you say that you've 100% gone five to seven days without food or water. Can you confirm that you've gone that long without anything to
1: eat or drink?
2: I have gone five days.
0: Yes.
1: No water, no water at all. Just, not just no food, no water too. No,
2: not swallowing any water. No.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so you're like uh, superhuman.
2: Try it. it. It's not. I mean, it sucks, but it's not like.
1: It won't kill you.
2: It won't kill you.
1: All right. Well, I actually believe you because you did run that marathon like on super short notice after not doing any exercise for years. Um, Didn't? Did Ryan? Did you bet against him on that? What were the odds on that? I, I, I did. It was even money,
0: I think.
2: It was. It was even money. You just had to do it in five hours. And
1: you did. <clears throat> yep.
0: Yeah, but just to be clear, his tracker went up, never hit the three quarters mark, so I'm I'm not positive he didn't get an Uber and Uber to the end of it between halfway and uh, and the finish line.
2: Yeah, Ryan thinks they just allow Ubers on the marathon courses.
0: <laughs> well, no, you can just go off the course and then come back on Uber down the like a few miles down and then get back on and then you know call
1: call it a day.
2: The problem with that theory is I had it tracked on my phone, too.
1: What what marathon was it, in case anyone wants to look this up?
2: Uh, it was Phoenix Marathon. and
0: The Rock and Roll Marathon in Tempe.
2: Yeah, there's a new band at Every Mile. Was there? Yeah.
0: Jeez, I didn't know that. I didn't see any bands. So you missed... You missed the bands in mile fifteen through <laughs> <laughs> to twenty-two.
1: Okay, that would have sucked, dude. I would have hated hearing a new band every mile. But uh, how 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 much training did you do for that? How how long of short notice was it? And was it all based on I, a bet?
2: I did. I mean, I did. I did get up to like a thirteen-mile run once. And then a few. A few <laughs> I mean, I didn't completely not train. A bunch of five miles and seven mile runs.
1: But did it did it all start as a bet though? Was this all a prop bet from the from the jump?
2: Yeah, yeah. Everyone doubted me.
0: How much uh, How much money did you make off of it?
2: Uh, I I don't know. I think it was like five hundred, maybe. Nothing, nothing huge, but.
1: Was this. So you, you gambled your rent money away, and then you had to run a marathon to recoup it? Is that what happened? <laughs> That's a, we'll go with that.
0: All right. Well, you got anything else you want to uh, wanna talk about here? You got any other topics or fight talk or just anything in general?
2: I have a lot of stuff, but I want to save some for the next for another time. I'm, I better be invited back on.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Might have, we might have to do an in-person one next time. But you, you don't, don't get it twisted. You got one strike today for that little stunt, that little political stunt. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. If, if you don't get canceled for the Dana Hooker call-out, we'll have you on again.
1: I'm just glad that's on record. Now I'll take the
2: strike for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely. I'll be back later to claim my guest of the year award.
0: <laughs> oh, oh wow! He's laying it down already, guest of the year.
1: <laughs> uh, you. Had, we had a good guest last week, but you know. That was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. How many episodes have yeah, you like, listened to, Terry? I've only listened to maybe four now. All right. Well, this is episode 18, so. Definitely more little JLT
2: listener than I am, but I'm on board now.
1: All right. Well, that's good to hear. We're glad to have you on board. We got you on the podcast very early on um, you were very nervous started a little started a little shaky but once you got a chance to uh, dox your friend former friend and do your call out you got it you got it rolling there
2: yeah I honestly I was really tired I almost fell asleep before the podcast and I just had to I, I did a shot of Jack and woke up a little bit it just took a few minutes to kick in so apologize about the first first
0: few minutes that's uh-huh. no problems at all it, it takes a little bit to get going we always uh we always start slow
1: right all right well i guess that'll do it then um we'll talk to you later uh thanks for coming on maybe next time we'll get you in studio all right bend me on guys all right we'll talk to you later Fun. all right see Peace. you later see you later terrence
0: later bye terry
1: All right, now it's time for Isn't He Awesome, our weekly segment. You know know, know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia.
0: (laughs) Is he fucking awesome?
1: He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah, Conor
0: McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, he's, t- he's, he's, he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather, and then he's talking about Khabib and Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. So you like know, that. I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy, and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather, and I want fucking Khabib
1: and Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? I guess I'll start Because I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, Otter Pops, aren't they? It's not really a he or a she, I guess, but isn't he awesome? Um, New sponsor for the UFC. I was pretty surprised. I went on to check the official fight card, and the whole thing was lit up with Otter Pops. They had Otter Pops on the on the octagon. They had them on the. I'm not sure if they had any commercials, but they had it on the official fight card. Um, Otter Pops. Anyone who knows me knows that I go through boxes and boxes and boxes, especially in the summertime. You will not catch me without otter pops. Not one, not two, not three. Usually about 10 in my hand. Team red, then team blue, and then orange, and then everything after that, whatever. That's just a mix. You just mix those in at the end when you've eaten all the red and blues. But um, those have been a staple in my life for the longest time. So uh, glad to see. I mean, just everything's coming up, uh, everything's lining, coming in line perfect for me. So now we got otter pops aboard. So everything's just lining up for uh, just how I like it. So uh, Otter Pops, isn't he awesome?
0: Yeah. Have you seen um, Costco sa- sells a uh, an alcohol Otter Pop? It's not an Otter Pop, but it's like it's like a Otter Pop. It's like a frozen like alcohol one, um, like Otter Pop, basically.
1: I think I've seen them. I didn't know it was Costco. I did not know that. I've seen I've seen things like it. I'm a I'm pretty much a connoisseur of all things Otter Pop. Nothing really – Otterpop, the brand itself, and a few – there's a couple other ones that make really good ones. After that, it's hit or miss. I would have to do, like, a full taste test on all the flavors to make sure. But, I mean, it's possible that they could be good. It's definitely a good idea because those are not just for kids. Like, I don't think I'm the only adult that eats about 40 of them a day. But if I am, yeah, I am. It might but. be
0: like for you, like uh, I'm like a big Mountain Dew fan, so I can't even use it as like a chaser or a mixer with the drink with uh, alcohol, because I'd rather just be drinking a Mountain Dew. So like if anyone's ever like mixed this, I'm like no, no thanks. I'll just take the Mountain Dew. Um, I'm not gonna ruin that amazing flavor with uh,
1: with some alcohol. So yeah, so you're 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 a big fan of being jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm a big fan of the Otter Pops. I don't know if I want to feel. I don't know if I want to tarnish the original, but I would definitely try it. If they were good, they were good. Like I'd be honest about it. I think it. I think it has potential though. That idea does have potential, and I'm amazed someone didn't think of it sooner.
0: Yeah, I have some in the freezer, so I'll give them a try and let you know what, what I think.
1: Yeah, report back to me asap.
0: All right, so I'll do my as any awesome. I got a Kamzat Chimov, uh Chimov, I don't know how to say his last name, but. Um, We got him as my Isn't He Awesome this week. Um, He booked another fight on Fight Island. That's going to be two fights in 10 days. Um, He absolutely dominated his first fight, so we'll see how he does on this second one. Really quick turnaround, but he didn't really take any damage. Um, Sometimes fighting this close to each other has been a problem for other fighters in the past, but I don't think it's going to be. I think he's going to dominate. I mean, that's pretty awesome. He he comes off, you know, a lot of people were real high on him after that last fight, so, you know, what better than to, to get another one in there and hopefully absolutely dominates this one, keeps uh, keeps the train rolling. Yeah,
1: and he's opening as a 1,100 um, favorite, which is, pr- I don't know, why uh, the last time I saw an 1,100 favorite. Um, that's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty outrageously people are, high.
0: People are comparing him to Khabib a little bit with his
1: style and whatnot, but, you know,
0: Khabib, if he fights once in 10 months, that's a lot. You know, this guy's fighting, you know, twice in 10 days, so um I, i'm excited
1: yeah and you know what we don't have to say his name anymore because he's the wolf and that's i think he's the only wolf and honestly that nickname works perfect i like that one yeah he's seen the wolf i like that yeah he's the wolf so he's the only wolf that i've ever heard of um in mma so the wolf from here on out you he'll, he'll, might be on a first name basis with just the wolf if he uh talk about a guy taking advantage again take, taking advantage of the circumstances Two fights in 10 days, I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be close. I don't know if anyone's ever fought on back-to-back weeks, but he finished that fight, and I, from all, everything I can understand, he was asking for another fight. And they – I mean, times are crazy. They, they Normally they'd probably say, no, go home, but times are crazy enough that, screw it, dude, we're making these cards as we go, so we'll throw you on there. And there's the interest is there. Why not strike while the iron's hot and um, take advantage of it? I think that um, – yeah, fighting in ten days hasn't always been great for people, but I think that these guys that are bred to be machines like this probably doesn't see probably doesn't have the same effect on them. They could probably fight every day. They probably do. So, um, good for him. Yeah, that's awesome. That really is cool. All right, now it's time for our our real world call out. heard a couple earlier some pretty bold ones from our guest terry Aishins. um you got one that can top it
0: um yeah well i don't know if it'll top ter- <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think it's gonna top terry's but uh, i don't know if we've ever but heard but anything we're gonna it to try <laughs> no no but I'll, I'll i'll shoot i'll do i'll go first here um my uh my real world call out here i'm calling out fight island We've completed three out of the four fights on Fight Island. And if they didn't constantly remind us that this was Fight Island, I would forget that it was on an island. Uh, there's literally nothing about these fights that give me an island vibe. Uh, UFC put so much promotion into Fight Island, Fight Island, Fight Island. And not only is this not even on an island, but it doesn't even like they're trying to make it seem like it's on an island. Like, give me something to to give me an island vibe here. I mean, you get... you. You put all this promotion, all this talk, you take pictures of an octagon on the beach, make everybody think that you're actually fighting on the beach, and you're literally not even on an island, literally has nothing to do with island, it's just a giant promotional gimmick.
1: All right, yeah, and you know what, the thing, another thing with that, um, I think they just cashed in on it for the the 251, and I don't think they, uh, I don't think they, I think they gave up on it after that. Well, you said that might have had played a big role in people buying that pay per view. Um, yeah,
0: my like I was saying, I think I said this in the group chat. Uh, Jorge Masvidal did not draw 1.3 million pay per view buys. Fight Island drew 1.3 million pay per view buys. If they even did that, I'm still I'm still a truther, and that they didn't. That that's a lie. But uh, <laughs> but if they did, I would say a million, eight hundred thousand to a million of those buys are just the fight island like promotional hype like that dana got going the other you know 500 300 to 500 thousand are miles of it all fine i'll I'll admit that but the rest of it is just the whole allure of fight excuse me the allure of fight island like um yeah it's just this whole the whole gimmick that dana built up that sold it
1: yeah it sounds like two things here a you're never going to give game bread credit for anything which is okay we understand that and b it's been a long week of fight island and you're pretty much burnt out on the whole concept because we were high on fight island we were high on it even though i've already called it out once so that makes two fight island calls but um maybe all these fights maybe the fatigue is just setting in and i think they just gave it up after after the pay-per-view they just said screw it everyone knows what's going on and um we it is what it, i mean it's it it is what it uh what it always looked like, I guess. After after the curtains were pulled back, it's just basically a typical. It's just a location that's letting them fight. Although I have heard good things about the service and everything, it's and I I think that Abu Dhabi is using this as their way of advertising to people to, and tourism to come visit. Which I don't really. They're not really showing much else off. But I've noticed that a lot of people have gone out of their way to like say visit Abu Dhabi and uh use specific hashtags. the fighters that have been there use specific hashtags say certain things in interviews about like the um hospitality and everything so it's basically not even as much a one big fight island ad it's basically one big Abu Dhabi ad but it worked out for the UFC because from what I understand they paid them to put it have it there it's crazy seeing these pictures of the the flights though where like the plane is full of different UFC, like fighters, commentators, different personnel. It's like a weird... I don't know. The whole thing does have some sort of weird vibe. But yeah, the island thing wore off pretty much immediately. So
0: Yeah, I, I, there are still people the
1: day of the pay-per-view of 251 that thought it was going to be on the <laughs> beach. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's probably still people that think it's on the beach, um, judging by some of the pictures. But yeah, I mean, even the fighters, though, if you f- if you follow them on Instagram or Twitter or anything... The, a lot of the pictures they were taking in that octagon. They were working out in that beach octagon and everything. So they were really, it was really a push to make it look to push the island theme, and that's pretty much all gone off the ta- gone out of the window. So I don't know how many more cards they'll have here, but I think that I think they kind of dropped the fight island thing, and they were selling fight island merch too, which I would love to see the numbers go from 251, which it'll always be higher for that, but something like that. But I'm sure that's fallen off too. So. Fight Island, it uh, started off hot. Maybe it fizzled out quickly. Um, Or maybe we're just extremely, extremely tired after seven seven days and three cards. So that's your call out. You got anything else yeah, you want to add to it? a little bit it? of both. Definitely. No, that's it. All right, so I'll move on to mine, which goes a little bit hand in hand. ESPN Plus is absolute garbage. I lost I lost my, my stream at least five times. ESPN Plus, which I pay for, it's a good deal, $5. When it's working, it's a good deal, $5 a month, whatever it is, especially if you're a UFC fan. It's absolutely worth the price. Great deal. That's where they do a, quite a bit of content, quite a bit of their shows, but... How can they have a, how could they claim they had 1 million, 1.3 million people watching on a, a, uh, an ESPN stream and they can't even support a Fight Night stream without it crashing a bunch of times? And I checked Twitter, I checked Instagram, tons of people's streams were down. Um, all that was the whole timeline. everybody's stream was crashing over and over and over. My arch enemy Luke Thomas and some of the other ones were all crashing at the same time as me, so I was forced to go on there and have something in common with them. We were mad at the same thing put me in a bad position. Um, it's just hard to believe that it's this bad after two years with all the crashing. The worst thing about the whole thing, you forced me, you almost forced me, and I missed almost the whole gasoline fight. I only saw him get submitted. I didn't even see, it crashed right then and there. I was as close as i have been in a long time to, air quotes, going to a friend's house to watch a free card. It's free, and I was <laughs> going to have to do things that I shouldn't have to do to watch it. So that's as bad as it gets. That is as bad. Oh, I was going to get a $5. I was going to lose, a, take away a $5 value. That I already paid for. So I don't know what the deal is with the streams. People have been complaining about it since the start. I don't know if it's ESPN's deep problem. I don't know whose problem it is. I don't know if streaming is just so young that this these things are going to happen. But when a fight's over in one minute and 20 seconds and you miss a minute of it, that pisses me off. I don't know. It could have been the title fight. I would have been furious. It just sucks. I don't understand how it happens. Like I said, how do you support 1.3 million streams in um, 251, and you can't even support, what, a couple hundred, maybe 100,000 streams a week later, two weeks later? So maybe I'm on board with your truth or theory that um, the 1.3 million is a total lie. But, yeah, ESPN+, Plus, you can't do this to me. You can't do this to people when this is their only thing they got going so that's my call out for the week I hope it improves but I'm going to be um, skeptical going forward so that'll do it for real world call outs we'll move on now to our preview of UFC on ESPN uh, Whitaker, UFC on ESPN 14 Whitaker versus Till um, some pretty big fights on this card, we talked about it a little bit with our guest earlier um, so Started off with the main event, you got pretty much pick odds for Darren till and Robert Whitaker. uh what are you expecting with this one at this t- at this point
0: yeah, honestly I'm thinking uh I really like Darren Till in this fight um i uh I think that uh Robert Whitaker I think Yoel Romero ended him. I think this is uh <laughs> a fight that's gonna be uh gonna be all uh all Darren till in this one he's a power puncher. He's gonna take out Robert Whitaker. Don't don't get me wrong. I think Robert is a great fighter, but I think this is uh, I think this is something that is uh, gonna have uh, Darren Till written all over it. And I think this is gonna kind of be the uh, you know the start of Darren Till at 185. I know he's already had a few fights there, but I think it's gonna kind of be the end of Robert Whitaker. Honestly, I don't I don't see him ever reaching. Um, reaching the top of the 185 division again. Don't get me wrong; I think he's going to be a solid fighter. You know, stay in the top ten, but I don't think he's ever going to be, uh, you know, top of the food chain type guy
1: again. Yeah, and especially looking if it's anything like his last fight, if his last fight had anything to do with a pattern going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty big, a pretty big fall off as far as performance so at this time too i don't i don't know i need more time to think about this one if you had to if i had to make a pick right now i do think i would take darren till just because of the power factor um darren till doesn't like to punt doesn't like to throw a whole lot but he does when he does he is powerful he's he's huge for even for a 185 which makes it even crazier that he was fighting at 170 um and i think honestly his striking is quite a bit more technical than whitaker who's kind of just got that bulldog approach so I think I'm uh I think I'm with you there Until, Um Till's had a pretty weird career going getting a shot at the welterweight title and then kind of getting knocked back down, then getting knocked out by game Bred Masvidal, and now he's up at 185 trying to make moves. So um this is a big fight for him.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited to see it. I think this is gonna be a, you know, JLT just bleed certified for uh for this card um another one we'll get to in a little bit could be that alex Oliveira versus peter sabata and even that that Camzat Ka- at versus rise mckee fight um so this th- this card could have a a few uh few bangers
1: on it yeah and i think this card stuck out to us quite a bit from the beginning as when we could see all the when it filled out i should say when we could see all the all the cards lined up i do have to say this though this is uh i forgot about this um I'm actually probably going to miss this card. I'm I'm in a wedding next week, so um, in the in the in the uh, I guess you'd say in the sport of being a good friend, I'll probably miss this live. But I will rewatch it just because of some of the fights on it. So um, so yeah, I don't want to say it's a bummer because I'm happy to be in this. I'm happy to be a part of this wedding, and it's going to be a great wedding. But uh, I won't be able to watch most of this live, so um I don't know what's the etiquette on watching I definitely pulling out my phone and watching fights is um definitely a no no during a wedding. I don't know the rules during the reception though maybe I'll catch the end of it
0: yeah, I've watched fights during uh during receptions um never really lined up during the usually the one wedding I was at um there was no fights on during the actual wedding, but I did watch it during the reception. Uh, it was a big pay-per-view, I think, so I definitely had to watch it. I mean, I've watched fights at a few events, like the gala for Ashley's school. I watch the fights <laughs> every year at it. so um, And usually you get a few people that come over and watch it on your phone with you. So you Yeah. Know,
1: yeah, so yeah, too many events, that... weddings, you know. We, um, you get yeah, you too wanna... many people, though, and you start, you start stealing the crowd, and then you become enemy number one public yeah, enemy only, number one
0: only so many people can watch on the phone i wouldn't bring your i wouldn't like whip your ipad out of your uh your suit coat or anything
1: yeah i'll, I'll try to keep it classy and discreet i'm in the wedding so i don't know how much what the hell that'll play i just have to see how it plays out but if 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 need be i will err on the side of caution and um enjoy the wedding i'm at because i'm sure it'll be a good time so that is, uh that's just a little side note. Probably the first card I'll miss, as crazy as it's been, and how many places I've been. Which obviously not so much since the COVID stuff. But as much as I've been around and done and stuff, I hardly ever miss them. If I'm at a bar or something on a Friday or, or Saturday or whatever, I don't, then I pull out my phone all the time. I've watched many, many cards in that situation. Or if they have them on the TV, that's something. But um this will be one of the few times I'll actually be at an actual event that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. So uh we'll see how that goes. But so that's just a little side taget so everyone knows where i'm at but um back to the back to the card itself uh, you said you pointed out Alex Oliveira Alex Oliveira his fights are always exciting win or lose i don't think he really cares he just wants to throw down so that i will definitely want to see that one when i go back and rewatch it on the replay
0: yeah definitely and then um you know Shogun versus Noguera. I don't have a ton on this one. Um, just two legends fighting. Um, so, yeah, it definitely seems got a Bellator vibes to it. Um, I'm definitely going to tune in. Always good to see both of them fight. But they're definitely both coming, to This has to be close to some of the last fights, uh, Fights, you know, that they're going to be in their career, I
1: would say. Yeah, and you kind of hope so. You ho- you always hope in these situations that they go out with a good performance, or that they put on a one last good fight. That's what, and I think that's what they're hoping for too. They're almost basically addicted to it. Fighters never retire, so um, yeah, this is Little Nog, right? Uh yeah, I believe so. So which one? Which one tried to feed a feed a carrot to a bus? I, I don't. I don't know which
0: one that was. Yeah, you know, both of Sonnen them story, but yeah, I think it was both of them. I, I, think I think it was both of them. I don't know for sure though
1: that that Chael Sonnen story is one of the one of his best ever that one is that's that's absolutely hilarious um
0: (laughs) yeah so then up next we got uh Fabrizio Werdum versus Alexander Gustafsson um you know they've both fought for titles before um Fabrizio has was the title holder at one time um you know I think Gustafsson's going to win this one I know they're both coming up um I guess we're Doom fought recently, but before that they were retired or you know weren't fighting that much. Um, And uh, I think Gustafsson is going to win this fight. We saw what we're doing looked like in his last fight. He did not look good. Um, he looked out of shape overweight and uh you know it, that that Fabricio Gordum shouldn't be any problem for Gustafsson even though he hasn't fought in a little while i know he's coming off of retirement he might not have been in, as into it as he used to be but um i think this is a a good fight for uh for Gustafsson i mean just don't get submitted and he should get the uh, win even though it is at heavyweight
1: even though it's at heavyweight and he does currently have a lost to Anthony Smith which makes him ineligible for us to bet on him but yeah, I, Andy's a huge favorite, a 340 favorite. Um, I would I would definitely take Gustafsson. and maybe this heavyweight thing re- reignited a spark. I know he hated cutting weight, and he cut a lot of weight to get to 205. So maybe that gives you a chance. This is just a it's a slippery slope when a guy says they're coming back in heavyweight because sometimes it means they just don't want to train the same, and but sometimes it means that they don't. Uh, DC's case, he just he just wanted to stop cutting weight and. Um, I think in DC's case that you could see where it was a positive. Uh, it's yet to be seen for Gustafson. So, but when Gustafson's on, there's almost nobody more fun to watch. So I'm rooting for a good performance by Gustafson.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And up next we got a uh, Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. Um, I'm gonna call this fight our JLT lock of the night. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Marina Rodriguez is our lock of the night. Um, Carla Esparza, you know, she struggles with her size really. She's small at for a straw weight. I mean and marina rodriguez she is a taller longer striker at at straw weight there so i think she's going to be able to maintain distance i think she's going to be able to piece her up from the outside um from what i've seen she's good at stopping takedowns um she's undefeated 12-0 and two uh i think she's going to stay undefeated i think she's going to beat carla esparza fairly easily um at three round decision esparza's tough but i think she's gonna you know beat her pretty handily, um, and yeah, I, I like Marina Rodriguez in this fight, but uh, but we'll see. We're coming off a
1: loss, so I don't know. All right, so there's our official... It's an official lock of the night, not like Gaston. That was a, kind of a halfway. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this one's official. All right, so we have an official lock of the night, so that's good. Um, that How much more... We got one more on the main card or two more on the main card?
0: Uh, we got three more. Uh, this three is- more. How many... Yeah, that's kind of creative. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight main card. I think that's the first ever. Um, yeah. If, I don't know if that's actually going to be all the all on the main card, but that's what they have it listed on Google as of right now. Uh, let me see what – let me go to the UFC website. But the next fight they have is uh, – they have listed on Google here. It's uh, Paul Craig versus uh, Jim I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, Gazzamidav and Gulov, yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Craig. Uh yeah, he, he usually brings it. I, I I don't really know too much about this fight, but uh, I, I like Paul Craig in it.
1: Yeah, Paul Craig, he's got fights against um who did he have? Uh let me see here. I gotta refresh my memory real quick. He had a fight with uh oh the Alonzo Minefield uh, a while back um on the Nagano dos Santos card about a year ago that I saw. Um minefield was tough. Um he had he recently fought Shogun. I don't know how that I don't know what the that was on the Blackwich Jackeray card back in November. I don't know what the results were. I just looking at the fight, but um he is a minus 115 favorite, but it's basically a pick 'em. Uh so I don't know. I don't know who I would go with in this one. I don't have any I don't have any uh valuable input. Just a few fights that I've seen of of this guy, of both guys, so
0: yeah yeah so then other than that uh we'll get we'll move on to the next fight here and i just confirmed on the ufc website it is a seven fight main card which may be the first that i've ever seen uh but yeah we got seven fights on this main card next we got alex Oliveira versus peter sabata um i really don't know who's gonna win this one i just know it's probably gonna be a good fight alex Oliveira always throws down so I, I think it'll be a fun one he's gonna take it to him uh don't know much about peter sabata but i i think they're gonna bring it and uh you know an alex Oliveira fight is always a good fight former bull rider certified crazy
1: man uh, um but the uh, other yeah, cowboy I,
0: yeah the other cowboy the brazilian cowboy
1: yeah and I don't think he cares if he wins or loses. I honestly don't think he cares. So he just wants to fight. He's got that insane look in his eye when he fights or when he's getting beat up. Um, classic fight with Platinum Perry a while back. I mean, just a just a just bleed type of guy. So um, don't want to miss his. You don't want to miss his performances. Win or lose. I don't think he. I don't think he cares. He just wants to put on a good fight. And uh, got all the respect in the world for guys like that.
0: Yeah, and it looks like uh this Peter Sabata looks like he throws down as well. Um has got seventeen wins or let's see. Yeah, seventeen wins, ten of them by submission, five by knockout, two by decision, six losses, two of them by knockout, one by submission, three by decision. So he rarely goes to decision. It looks like he throws down. So this 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 is a fight to look out for. This could be the just bleed fight of the
1: night. All right, well we'll hope for it.
0: Yeah, and then up next, uh, we got Kazmat Jamiov versus Rise McKee. Um, we just saw uh, the wolf. Yeah, we'll just refer to him as the wolf from now on. Or no, that's yep. not... Yeah, that's the wolf, right? Yeah, he's the wolf. Um, yeah, we got the wolf. He's going to... Uh, I think he'll really destroy this Rise McKee. Um, I'm, I'm sure they set him up with a fight that's not too hard for to take on short notice here. And, uh, you know, I think he will... Uh, you know take it to it looks like rise mckee we got his nickname is skeletor uh-huh uh, what <laughs> yeah skeletor so we got the wolf versus skeletor this is a this is That's a, a nick- uh, certified J- nickname fight of the night yeah yeah this is the jlt certified nickname fight of the night and this guy this rise mckee doesn't look like any slouch so um yeah this could be a good fight here
1: yeah we haven't had we have not had a jlt certified nickname fight of the night we had air Jordan versus uh touchy-feely that was like the anti-nickname fight of the night and now we hit ha- and then we had uh the tasmanian whatever versus uh well, i don't even remember them now at this point but this is a good one this is a good uh this is a good glt certified nickname fight of the night and this is our first fight on the main card then yeah this is the a, first
0: because this is a first late fight on the main card yeah it's a late addition first fight of the main card on the prelims we got trinaldo fighting on the prelims so that should be you know Trinaldo's always a good fight to watch he's uh you know he's a legend he's been in the been in the ufc a long time um yeah and always fun to watch francisco trinaldo fight we got terry's lock of the night we got nicholas dalby um just keep an eye out for that one terry's um, cousin too terry's <laughs> terry's third or fourth cousin yeah uh just keep an eye out for that um oh we got tanner bozer fighting on this card again um so he's on uh he's on uh short notice again as well um other than that uh let's see if anyone else that um we like on this one Um, not looking forward to the beth cohea fight definitely not looking forward to uh batch but what are you gonna do um yeah and that's really it um yeah, so this should be a good card. Uh, bummer, you got to be at the wedding, but at least
1: you—you'll uh, get we're to have We're not saying some it fun. like that. Yeah, we're yeah. not saying it like that. We're looking forward to the wedding. I'll watch it on replay if I have to. Like I don't get sick of watching flights, and I'll have some time. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Bummer,
0: bummer, you got to miss out on a good card, but not a bummer. You're gonna be having a good time.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're it. it, it to, sometimes you got other stuff going on than just UFC, so um, it's probably a good thing in the in the grand scheme. Probably helped me with my fight fatigue a little too. And while I'm recovering yeah, from, exactly. While I'm recovering from the wedding festivities, staying up late seems to give me a headache and uh, make me feel a little nauseous for the whole next day. Um, I'll probably try to rewatch the card, so I will. Uh, I won't miss it. I won't miss it all at least. So, um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll catch up on it. Don't anybody worry right. about me. I'll get my fights in. All right, there we
0: go. Well, that's about it for uh, for this week. Um, you got
1: anything else you want to add or anything, uh, no, anything nothing you to want add. to take Just, us out on this week? Yeah, no, nothing to add. We had a fun interview today. Looking forward to the fights this week. Whenever I get a chance to watch them, this is a great card. We'll catch up on Monday or Tuesday next week, one of those days. And um, do we have a card next week to preview next week?
0: uh yeah or yeah i believe so we got home versus, Aldana, oh, home versus right?
1: Aldana. we're back in the united states next week so um fight island but will be over for now this
0: this card only has two fights announced on it right as of now so she knows what's going on with this card i mean i guess they'll probably put something together here last minute but uh yeah right now it doesn't look like they got they got much on this card so i mean hopefully they get something together here quick <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we'll probably have some news for you too because uh, they they got a whole card to announce. But other than that, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. All right, peace. All right, see y'all later. Terry, why can't we see your face? You have no excuse. You just have only your phone.
0: <laughs> Let's see the whole face, not just your nose and up.
2: Why do you have to see my face? does that, Matt?
0: It's an interview. In case we, gotta, we put gotta put this, gotta on, put this on the Instagram, dog. Oh
2: my God, I, it's
0: not video. Look at all these notes here. <laughs> there we
2: go. Done. So I can make it rain yeah. It's okay. I get sacked, so block for me. Eight ball
0: in my corner pocket. It's on and popping. Got the whole club leaning with it. And body rocking. I'm driving in my cut, call. I got my truck ball 72 Tennessee Titans. Like what up, y'all? I'm on, boy. I'll let you home, boy.
2: Better come quick. Once I get it, then it's gone, boy. First come, first serve. Forget what you heard. I'm piecing out my back till I get what I deserve. Little smoke on my nose you on me